0: Hello and uh, welcome to a special edition of Pure in the Rough, a surprise in the rough you might call it. It's just Isaac today, um, tonight, whenever you're listening. Just before we get started, I introduce and I'll introduce a special guest. Um, It's been a rough, rough week or so to be a wrestling fan and um, just want to send prayers and love to the families of um, Larry and... Big Shad Gaspard, uh, two two guys are part of the wrestling community that did a lot that have um, passed away this week, and it's very very sad. So, not to start off on too negative of a note, but um, yeah, we had to, I, I felt like I had to address it. So us us as a wrestling world, like stick together, don't be pricks online and beef over senseless shit. Just like have fun and watch wrestling. But anyway welcome to the show and my guest today um is steven you can find him on twitter at intl wrestling i've been listening to this guy's podcast and reading his stuff on his website for a couple years now since i was probably 17 or 18 and now he's living in japan living my dream steven how are you
1: uh oops yeah uh yeah i'm doing great uh uh, yeah, thanks for you know uh, the great intro for anyone who doesn't know. You know, I'm just a fan. I've been following. I'm I'm 33. Yeah, let everyone
0: know. I should say, let everyone know yeah. who, who you are that doesn't know you. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: um, I'm 33. I've been trading tape since I was literally 12. Uh, uh, I I I got into wrestling. I saw IWA King of the Death Matches literally three weeks after seeing my first wrestling. It was like I went straight from uh, that the uh, the Hell in the Cell to icp's stranglemania tape within three weeks and i was on the internet trading tapes after a month so you know i've been doing this for forever and i love wrestling and you know you uh we were kind of talking before we started here about you know you were saying that you really like the kind of smaller companies and i'm the same way like i like new japan and i like you know the bigger companies and stuff but i love 98 people in some small building watching guys just like light themselves on fire like nothing gets me more jazz you know and um i started writing like, a news like yeah if...
0: sorry i just wanted to say like uh if naoshi sano isn't on the show like i'm not happy <laughs> yeah exactly you know you need one of those guys like asano or uh or a Tomohiko Hashimoto, they have to be on the undercard of some show or it's
1: not going to be a good show. But anyway, carry on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, uh, I, I wrote a newsletter for a while and, uh, I do love death matches. I love hardcore wrestling. You know, I like, I like punk music. I like really wild stuff. And to me, death matches are just, you know, the next step of, of uh of underwear fighting, I guess if you would call it. And uh, so I did a newsletter for a while, and I did a podcast for a while. I did the history of FMW with Bahu, which I'm super proud of. Um, I've reeled back a lot. Um, you know, anyone who kind of follows me a little bit, I, I've also got a YouTube channel. You know, I'm a teacher. I've I've taught in China. I've taught in uh the Czech Republic. I've taught in Cambodia. So I'm on the road all the time. And about a year ago, it all just collapsed upon me and i had to just kind of bail out for a while and i'm i'm only now kind of getting my footing back into it but um yeah that's basically who i am and for anyone who might have seen my name on twitter that's why i'm there so yeah
0: i i just love love your attitude towards everything um like the punk rock attitude i'm, I'm the same way it, my fandom evolved like I always um i always say like wasn't for WWE, I wouldn't be watching Asami Kodaka in Basement Monster because it it, it all, you know, I watched WWE when I was six, seven years old and that's what led me on to, uh, I feel like a lot of people are, are with me as well, led me on to ECW and then you see Hayabusa and Sabu and then you find out FMW, that was my case anyway and then, um, yeah, I, I, I discovered Japan. Was a huge fan of New Japan, and then discovered everything else. I was, I was a fan of FMW before New Japan, um, just because of Hayabusa. I've, I've been a big Hayabusa guy, just because he, I thought he was the Japanese Sabu. When I was a when I was six seven, I thought Sabu was the coolest thing on earth. So when I saw Japanese Sabu, I was like, oh, this guy's amazing. And then <laughs> the more matches you watch of his, it's like, wow, this guy is much more than a guy that wears Sabu pants. Uh, he, he was one of the best ever. But uh, anyway, not to get too sidetracked. Um, no, I wanted to talk about, like, you becoming a deathmatch fan so young. Um, I only got into, I've been wrestling fan since I was, yeah, 15 years now. I'm 21 now. But I only got into death matches probably the last year. Um, I couldn't stomach them for a long time. I, for me, I, I wasn't good with blood. Um, I, you know, I, I couldn't see cuts. But uh, the more I've grown up, the more I've uh, matured, I just think it is fucking awesome and I love every bit of it. And wrestling, uh, I've wrestled matches and I'm, I'm back training. And, uh, first thing I want to do when quarantine is over is take a bump in some light tubes. It's bad. Like, it's the shit that I'm
1: dreaming about. So, how how did you fall in love with it so quick? Well, for me, I mean, um, let's see, I was about 12, so as a young kid, I mean, I... My dad, you know, we played Doom. You know, we played Mortal Kombat. We, I, I watched Terminator movies. You know, my parents never really censored me too much, so seeing the blood was never too much. And then when it came to wrestling, um, I, I got into wrestling through my my aunt, and my aunt was a real old school fan. You know, she used to go up to Detroit and watch the uh, the the chic matches, and she already knew set set set. Sabu and the Steiners and all those from, like, that, t- you know, um territory. So she was already well accustomed with the blood and Dusty roads and blah, blah, blah. So when I yeah. got into it, I saw uh, my first pay-per-view ever was Bad Blood, Hell in the Cell, 97, Shawn Michaels versus Taker. And that was a-, a bloody match, you know. And it was wild. It's one of the best matches ever. And so for me, the bar was already just set so high. So I was watching wrestling for about three weeks, and I was in. Uh, you know, I'm from the uh, uh, the uh, the Detroit area, and I saw the ICP tape, Stranglemania, in a record store. And I was going in to buy Zombies ate my neighbors for the Genesis, and I had ten dollars, and I just oh. I just saw that saw this video, and on the cover, I'm like, that's terry funk my aunt showed me terry funk i know terry funk who is this guy i've seen him before and my aunt picks up and she's like you know if you've ever seen Stranglemania, like held the actual tape and turned it over you see you know Lama Nama Numi versus deadly fred in a thumbtack barbed wire bat board of nails death match and i'm like what the fuck is this? You know, seeing
0: seeing it for the first time is nuts. I remember seeing Randy Orton take that bump into thumbtacks, and I thought, no, he he must have got paid twenty million dollars to do that. Yeah, and then you discover deeper and deeper, and it continues to blow your mind.
1: Yeah, and. So I bought this tape and I watched it alone and then and I just loved it to death. And then my aunt saw it and she was like, this is pretty lewd for a 12 year old and she took it, but I was hooked. And um, I went to the library and I got on the internet and I was kind of internet savvy for a kid who was 12, you know in 1998, seven, something like that. And I just started googling stuff and I found uh, my first tape ever it was the best of uh, cactus Jack in Japan. And I was like, "Okay, Cactus Jack, I know who he is." And I saved my lunch money. I had ten bucks, and I bought it. And I got this VHS tape. Like, I've I I, I say this on every show I go on, but people don't know. We used to buy tapes. We used to put ten dollars of cash into a, a you know a thing and mail it to a stranger from a message board. And they would send us a tape of, like, this bootleg violent wrestling, you know? Good old days. Dude, the best of days. And I got this idea, you know, best of Cactus Jack. And, you know, he's wrestling Terry Funk. And they're hitting each other with, you know, flaming chairs. And there's, you know, the Headhunters. And it just rocked my world. And then you go home and you turn on, you know, Nitro. And you're like... There's no barbed wire. Why isn't there any barbed Oops. wire? These guys are doing barbed wire, you know? And yeah. you just can't put the genie back in the bottle. And I just started tape trading and I just amassed this you know, every week I would buy a tape. I I wouldn't eat lunch. My grandma would give me two dollars a day to go to school and buy lunch, and I just would save it. And at the end of the week I had $10. And that was enough to buy a tape. So every week I was getting tapes and some were like six hour compilations. So I just saw everything really rapidly. You know, by the time I was 15, I had hundreds of tapes from Japan and Mexico and, and you know, CZW and Jersey All-Pro and all those early companies and IWA Mid-South, and I just always liked, you know, and I was into Toramon, if you know Toramon, and I was into the all-Japan yep. right. bruiserweight stuff, but yep. nothing gets it going like, you know, Matsunaga chasing a crocodile around the ring.
0: I fucking watched that the other day. I, I thought the Crocodile was the stipulation. I didn't realize he was wrestling the Crocodile. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like <laughs> a long story. And, um, I mean, and then, you know, and then I got into the newsletter where, you know, I was, you know, I was born, um, and tell me if I'm yakking too much, but, you know, I mean, I was no, raised pretty okay. poor, and, all right, cool, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was raised pretty poor, and, like, you know, like I said, the whole, you know, the Detroit area, and I never really thought I would ever go anywhere or do anything. It was just like this, you know, to me going to TOD, which I never did, but to me going to TOD was even like, Oh, I don't have the money for TOD. You know, I got to get on a Greyhound and all this stuff. And, um, then, uh, when I was 28, I moved abroad to China and I was in China for about eight months and I had a vacation and I didn't know where to go. And I just randomly saw that there was a freedom show a week later. And I was like. Why don't I go to Tokyo? It's like a three hour flight. I can just go to Tokyo. And it started this love affair with like going to Japan and I was started going three times a year and um you know, I could talk about that for days and I just started you know, I'm that that's basically it. And um you know, yeah, I'm sorry, go on. No, I
0: yeah, I, I want you to talk as much as you want. I'm as fascinated as uh, anyone listening. But uh no, I just want to point out like I'm such a like ungrateful prick as a 21 year old that I can just (laughs) fall out of bed in the morning and find a six, six, six show from 2004 and I can watch it within 10 seconds. Um, And what you guys had to do back in the day to just get one tape and money and like, it, it was a different type of dedication and I feel like a lot of you guys that were tape traders are still wrestling fans. Like, I interact with a lot of you guys on Twitter, and you, you're still like hardcore as you were back in the 90s, and it, it's awesome. And a lot of fans these days I just want to get involved in drama and this, that, the other, and miss out on the important stuff. And
1: uh, No, a lot of respect for that. And um, living in well- Japan... Well, real quick, uh, 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 you know uh, about that. You know, I have a lot of feelings and theories about media in general. Is it, and it's the same for all things. But um, it's so easy to get it. Like, like, like back then. You know, they would have a show on February 22nd. It wouldn't air until March 30th. It wouldn't get to, and then it wouldn't hit the tape trailers in the U.S. for another month. So you wouldn't see a show from February until May. You know, and um, if you think about it, how many people were, you know, going through the hoops of connecting online? And this is 1997, 1998, 99. There wasn't Twitter and Facebook. I mean, it was like a message board that we didn't even have Google. Like Google was like a, the early search engines were very primitive. Like you would like really have to work to find what you wanted to do, you know? And um, so I think that back then, if you wanted to get involved in this, you had to be the hardest of the hardcore. And now you can just be a schmuck who subscribes to a WWE page on Facebook and you'll see an ad and you'll see a five second clip of a guy falling off a balcony and you can just go on Twitter and say, what a bunch of morons. You know, it takes oh, no effort, no love, no passion.
0: I, I, I love wrestling, but what Twitter and media has done to it, it's just a gift world. Wrestlers go out there to make a three, four, five second long clip that they can retweet. So hopefully it goes viral. It's just a different world, and it's <laughs> it's so much different. Um, like in '98, like before Google and all that stuff. Um, who who thinks of all right? Let's record this Wrestle Dream Factory show in front of 300 people at and Hall, and, like, let's sell that on a tape to people in America. Like, it, it fascinates me so much that there was an audience. Like, how does the audience amass? They must amass through being a fan of New Japan, All Japan, and then they find out about these other companies. Like...
1: Well, for a lot of people, it comes from, you know, back then, what a lot of people would come from. You, you're you from uh, 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 Australia, right? right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what magazines you had, but we had PWI. Did you have a similar one? We didn't have it. We, had, okay. we
0: just had like a WWE weekly thing.
1: Okay. So we had PWI, and a <laughs> lot of people found this stuff – through well first of all a lot of people found it through the WWE showing clips from Mick Foley's uh matches. You know, that's where a lot of people kind of were like, what? There's I never heard of this, you know? And PWI would do every now and then they, you know, in in a in a 90 page page magazine, they would have one page of what's going on in the Orient, you know, and you would see an individual photo of someone blowing fire or something. And, um, I think a lot of people got started through those itty bitty teeny tiny snippets or, um, I'm trying to think of more or like on, um, EC when they would bring over Hayabusa, Jinsei Shinzaki, uh, and those guys yeah. and yeah. And, you know, and that was a very internet savvy crowd in the first place. So yeah, smarter fans. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. And, you know, and the, all you got to do back then was, you know, just kind of start searching and you had RF video selling at the shows and, um, but it does go to show how small the group, you know, the fan base really is. Because as I talked about, uh, for anyone who wants to hear, I did a podcast with uh, Alex Cologne recently. He has a show called No Psychology Needed. I think you can listen to it on Stitcher and all those podcast things. But if you listen to him and me, we talked about the BJW CZW era and, and that was real uh, that was spearheaded mainly by this company called ADV, which was this like anime company. And they tried to distribute the uh, the deathmatch shows in the US and they just really bombed. Um as much as we think that the market is like really, really big, it is still real like if you watch the live gato move shows on YouTube. It's only 150 people watching it in the whole world. Like, that's the size of the real fan base, you know? So, it is I, I still... Know, and
0: it seems so much bigger, doesn't it? Like, like I feel like Japanese wrestling opposed to American wrestling, it feels bigger. I feel like it has more of a presence. But then you do look at the attendance to these shows and you see, like, 100 people at these shows or you see... Like, Noah even drawing, like, less than 200 people. All Japan drawing less than 200 people. Um, And just because these guys are, quote-unquote, signed to these promotions, that doesn't mean that they're making $50,000 a year, you know, sort of thing from... Like, Yuko Miyamoto doesn't make $60,000 a year because he's signed to 666. Um, Yeah. Sorry if I'm going off on a tangent. No, it's I okay. T- go ahead. No, I, uh,
1: I, <laughs> I got lost. I got lost. I'm, well, no, I, it is just the the false perception. Like the thing about it is, in the U.S. and also you know all over the world, wrestling is a passion project. Nobody goes into wrestling because it pays a, a billion dollars. You know, you go into wrestling because you love wrestling, and the people who do go in for money they don't last long or they get beat out or they just don't want to do it like Nathan Jones and, uh, you know, a few others and stuff. And, um, um, but the perception in Japan that it's just bigger, what it is, is it's just the, here's what it is. Um, you know, I'll be very blunt. And I've talked to some of the other, you know, Twitter famous fans. I think we all know who I mean, you know, brother Mort and some other guys who are just kind of, you know, the mainstays of like the pro scene on, on Twitter.
0: The Ellen 4Ls, the um, real hero who does... Real
1: hero, yeah. Yeah, yeah, real hero and all of those guys. You know, we've kind of... I've kind of talked about it with those guys when I meet them or talk to them on Twitter or whatever. And the thing is, um, there's... You know, wrestling in Japan is actually really down. Like, it's actually like, as a whole, it's really down um and the reason is is very simple there's just too much of it there's way too much of it there's way too many companies i mean in 1989 there were two companies right and then in 1989 you know F M W came out and by 1995 you had probably 12 companies by 2000 you had 25 companies now there's like 30 or 40 companies. They all run Tokyo. They all run the same major cities. They all run the same places. Like if you go to like uh Shinkiba in one month, there might be 18, 20 shows in one month at Shinkiba. And a lot of these come or, or yeah, I will, And a lot of the, these companies are trying to draw the same fans. You know, Sakamoto is going to be on zero one and BJ, 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 jw and maybe other shows so it's if you live in tokyo you can see uh your favorite very guy uh, multiple nine, times in a week. nine times yeah
0: i read the results on cage match all the time and, and that's what like honestly cage match became my deep fandom um like finding results and finding the this guy wrestled there like finding out i remember the first time i found out like Ton of hushy wrestled out outside New Japan. I was like, no way, he did a champions carnival. And then that's when it got into like finding out Kensuke Suzuki worked IWA Japan in like 2004 and finding out all these stars that have worked these tiny shows like it, it like Tenru working shows in front of like a hundred people. Or it, you just don't oh, see nita. that, Eric. Or Anita, yeah, bloody hell! Like he, biggest star prior to ninety five, one of the biggest stars in Japan, and then like you go back into his results, and he's working these CPE shows and um, World Wing Spirits, and he'd just work for his friends and pop up here and work in bars, like. And you live there, you you, you see it. Um, that's what, like I've wanted to visit japan for a long time and that's what i'm not interested in going to a tokyo dome show or anything like i I just want to sit down at a bar and see some guys wrestle on a mat
1: like Mm -hmm. um you'll have a way better time i've been to the tokyo dome twice and they're both some of my most boring shows i've ever been to
0: dead off like i'm well well, be like like you're you're so yeah yeah, I, I'm in there for the experience. I'm a 21 year old that likes to drink and have a good time on the occasion. Um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm not gonna be wild and stuff. But if I was going to for a vacation, I'd just love to go to Tokyo, even by myself, just to sit around and go to a different show every day, have a couple beers every night, watch the wrestling have fun, have some laughs, meet some wrestlers. Like that, that just sounds so, so good as compared to, I don't know, sitting in the bleachers and watching a show. I I like the more, the close environment and listening to even your podcast, uh, you on podcasts, um, with other guys and you guys go into these smaller shows. Like, it just seems like a cooler environment being able to talk to the wrestlers and go to bars with the wrestlers, uh, you, you, like you don't hear about oh Rick Flair taking this fan to a bar just because he was nice. Like it, it's a different culture, and I, I I like the that the culture that is in Japan. I like the respectful culture.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's so different, you know. It's so and if you read Japanese Twitter, which I think we all you know, if you're listening to this, you probably have a lot of Japanese fans, and if you tra- what my my joke is always this jet you know and it's like the uh the japanese twitter guy says you know my favorite wrestler uh tried to win the championship and he didn't win but i know he'll train and be stronger and i will root for him another their their day and then it's like american twitter yeah they're not pushing the right guy and they don't know how to book their own business you know (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's so fucking right. I like it. It's uh, the amount of people, and like I feel bad. Like I just mute them. Like it, I'll I'll still follow them, but I, I just mute them because they just ramble. I, blah 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 blah. And you read these t- these fans in Japan that I will support this player at his next fight, and it's so great. Like it, it's a, it's support and uh it's different i like it
1: yeah it's i mean it's the best you know when whenever you know i mean like so for me um i mean i guess i'll drop a bomb i'm going to like let you down to no end but i'm actually leaving japan in about a month i'm i'm giving up because <laughs> i moved here in february um after coronavirus you know uh my job i was working in china and my job in china kind of fell through and everything and You know, I was on the run a little bit, and um, I said, okay, here's my opportunity. I'm going to move to Tokyo. And when I got here, I was going to shows for a little bit, and then uh, probably about mid-March, all the shows just shut down. And Ah, I I was having a great time, man. I was learning Japanese, going to classes. I was going to shows. I was hanging out with my friends. I was... You know, I was so excited to be but and then, you know, I do stuff for, you know, G C C W when they come, so I wanted to just be integrated in that because it's it's a it's 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 a dream. We're all fans. We all wanna see our our you know the art that we love continue, you know, and I wanna be a part of that and I wanna be a positive influence. But fuck. Like I mean, I live here, man, and I don't know when this shit's gonna open. And even yeah. when it does open, it's not gonna be like it was. I mean, it's things are really not looking good over here. I mean, it's not looking good in the US either. I mean, and so I'm actually um I'm going to throw in the towel and leave and uh yeah. I'll I'll be back, but this is just not a good time for anybody and wrestling oh, like all things so. are really uh, right separate. now.
0: Yeah, right now it's uh terrible. Sorry to uh cut you off again, but oh, That's right. Okay. It, it's hard to like plan towards anything, you know, like um it, it's cool to look back at fond memories like oh, I want to talk about like some of your favorite interactions with wrestlers or like some of these small shows you've seen but uh yeah, sure. but, like the current landscape um it, it's bleak um I know you saw Big Japan got their uh, 93k though um how do you feel about that
1: Um you know um I want to be as positive as I can but Big Japan has you know issues and I think it's kind of a stopgap I think if um you know Big Japan is the biggest independent company that you could really find you know DDT is owned by uh a larger company new new japan and stardom are both owned by bushi road so uh when you get to companies like big japan and 666 and blah blah blah, and 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 noah is owned by some fucking larger company and all japan has money in from gaura i'm pretty sure actually noah is also owned by abima which is ddt's uh parent company so big japan is the largest company that's not owned by another larger company they don't get money from anybody but the tickets they sell basically right the thing is big japan has also gotten big enough where they have their own ring truck crew they have a gym they have you know dorms do, dorms for some of the wrestlers they have a very large staff that gets salaries you know they have to pay a staff to they have to pay someone who keeps track of the money they have to pay someone who does the designing of the sets they have a real company going on you know they employ probably 50 people or so and um when they're not getting you know whereas 666 can shut down and no one would even know you know they oh, run of course yeah yeah, yeah. like you know Honorary, yeah
0: like honoree is not gonna like lose a million dollars whereas uh, like you're saying big japan is like the biggest of the indies but like for the last few years like it, it did it's gone down the last couple years but big japan was drawing better than noah and all japan Like, Big Japan was doing good business for a long time, even up until recently, like two or
1: three years ago.
0: They were doing better than Noah at Kuroken, that's for sure. No, they had a
1: huge run from about 2016 to 2019. You know, Sakamoto became the king of the indies, and he was a really big draw, and then uh, Takeda's deathmatch run really did some really big numbers for him. But they, um, there's... There's a, I felt like it went off the rails when Yuaki main-evented Goku. to be honest. Yeah, um, what it is, is, like we kind of said, like Big Japan runs 20 shows a month, some months. They run Tokyo sometimes four or five times per month. It's just very stale when it's the same people you know, um, and, and this goes for all of these companies, you know, and like if you turn on any company in 2018 and turn it on in 2020, there's a good chance it's the same three guys on top. You know, it's, it's very hard to break that, uh, traditional system of, uh, seniority i guess if you want to call it you know it's 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 always like 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 we can point to those like very few 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 moments where vader came in and squashed uh you know a a nanoki or this new guy had this really big match out of nowhere those are very rare instances what's much more likely to happen is a guy loses his ass for three years then he wins a tag title and does a couple things for another three years. And then after like seven years, he finally gets to like the main event scene. Whereas in the US, we have a lot more movement of stars going up and down and new, and new guys coming in and guys trading companies and blah, blah, blah. But in Japan, you have the loyalty system, which it's great for the wrestlers because it means they have a guaranteed payday and it means that they're going to be taken care of in the long run. But I really feel that japan is hitting this brick wall because all of the fans when i go to shows i'll be like hey there's a bjw show in two weeks who's going and you would just see these guys like yeah i've seen that exact same card like three other times i think i'm gonna skip it
0: yeah, you know I, we've got to that i've got to that stage where you i'm only picking like the the top matches because i Like, for a long time, I watched the undercards of everything because I was that much of a Puro fan. And I wanted to learn as much and, like, follow as much of these guys as I could. But, you know, um, it's as repetitive as anything, these undercards. Like, you've been following it four times longer than... You've been following it as long as I've been alive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you're a lot more... Aware of the staleness I've been a fan of Puro For four or five years now And I'm realising now Like it, it, It's stale um, It'd be so much Different if these guys Were in the 90s where everyone Had money or the Guys were willing to do business Together like like the, they. A lot of guys in the 90s were willing to do business together But they weren't willing to job And I think, like, nowadays, I'm sure they would do, they would work together. Like, I'm sure Junakiyama two years ago would have loved to have Kento in the G1. But what's the point of Kento going to the G1 if he's only going to get a win over Manabu, Nakanishi, and Torayano and then job to four other guys in real good matches, but in Like, he's going to lose, and that doesn't make the company look good. Um, It's very political, whereas I feel like guys in the U.S. and Britain, like, they do do try and protect themselves, but they're not going to, you know, (laughs) they're not going to pull a uh, 2009 IWA Japan uh, Mickey Evaragi and kick you out of wrestling for good, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, and, you know, and the whole thing about Kenta, if you ever bring this up, you know, the pro, uh, not defenders, apologists, if you bring up, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, okay, in my opinion, new japan totally missed the boat on naito uh they 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 waited too long to put the belt on him and have him win the big one and rescue him that's my that's what i think you know what i mean and they'll say oh but you need to understand the long-term storytelling and the long-term booking and blah 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 and i'm very willing to stand up and just say nah i'm cool like he was hot you know i would have liked to have seen this rather than just see the same Mokata matches over and over and over. And that's my opinion, and you've got yours, and that's fine. And New Japan's doing great, great business. Awesome. Good for them. But I am just very stale on that product personally. You know what I mean? And um, when you move here, uh, I was actually, one of the times I came here is I've been to Japan as a tourist 14 times. And it was probably like my eighth or ninth time I was going to Shinkiba and I saw some foreigners at the there's a store outside of Shinkiba. And it's right outside of the subway station. And I saw, like, you know, a couple foreigners there. And I go, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Are you guys going to the heat-up show or whatever? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, hey, we better run. The show starts in, like, 10 minutes. I'm like, "Uh, let's just chill here for another hour. Like, those first two matches don't even fucking matter, dude. Don't even bother with those. And to them, they're like, what do you mean? I need to see every second of every moment. I'm like, nah, you don't, man. (laughs) Like You'll notice. Not if
0: you live there. Yeah, yeah, when 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 you've seen the same, I don't know, Maneo Fujita heat up match. Like I love Maneo Fujita. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just throwing a name out there, you know. But yeah. like, but if you see it every, like, to us online, like if I went to Tokyo, I- I'd do the same thing. I'd want to see. If I went to six six six, I'd want to see everything from Shinobu like naked in the opening match to fireworks in the main event i've seen had, that they dude do butthole so no, many
1: okay. times oh dude like,
0: i've seen his many, butthole
1: oh. like five times
0: <laughs> oh. how many <laughs> times has, has Manea fujita tried to hit on you i know he's tried to hit on uh brett i've heard on the podcast uh multiple times has he tried to hit on you
1: he's like a flirty guy like if you're so i went to a 666 show i think he's okay with me telling this story you know what? I'm not gonna say any names. I went to a six 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 show with uh, someone that we all know. And um uh, you know, it was so it, it was in a bar, no ring, and it wasn't even really matches. It was just a bunch of Grab ass parlor games is the best way to put it, <laughs> and um, and yeah, you know they come to your table and they uh, you know they just put on a show for you, and you, I, you know, I don't know how how serious any of them are, but you know I wound up in this battle royale where I'm on everyone's shoulders trying to get a flag out of someone's asshole, and uh, you know it's a it's a fun time I'll say that if you're okay seeing men's buttholes it's a very fun time. But, uh, (laughs) you know, that's what you get. Yeah. Uh, Which is crazy because like 666 also has like a regular brand. When they go to like Shinkiba, there's none of that. It's just a very regular wrestling show. But then they have those bar shows where it's just anything goes. You never know what's going to happen, you know. So those are the results
0: that don't pop up online, aren't they? Because like the 666 volumes usually pop up on Cage Match and so, but um, not a lot of the bar results do.
1: Well, there's nothing to really report on, to be honest. Like, there's usually not even really matches.
0: So it's not classified as matches. It's just, like, an entertainment per se.
1: It would be, like, it would say, like, (laughs) these two guys wrestled these two guys in a draw in two minutes and 40 seconds. Then they beat them in in a steal-my-sock match in 58 seconds. And then there was a drag show for three minutes. And then uh, there was a... uh, you know, uh, chicken hawk man on the shoulders match that went 14 seconds, it would just be like I
0: why Japan doesn't
1: need drugs. Hey, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, what? it's like the shows just go like so fast and even, you know, Basara, they always have a three, uh, three-way where they, where it'll be some three-way. And when I read the results, it'll say, Oh, this guy beat the speed of sound in a handicap match or something. And those aren't even matches; those are like these court trials that they they do that go on for twelve minutes. With Roy or the it's big guy him. with the the book. I don't follow it so well, but yeah. the kind of chubby guy. Yeah, Roy go Okay, yeah, that's who that
0: is. No, it's, um, he, he has a knockoff name of Ryumago. It's not the original Ryumago. I I was like, that's not the
1: original Ryumago,
0: but yeah. Ryumago is dead. Um, uh, he died in 2009. I thought Um, so. It's cause he looks like Ryumago. Um, uh, I think he took like his name. Uh, here we are. Uh, Ryu Goma. Rayu Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I get the names mixed up.
1: Yeah, so so they do, um, they do those um, court trials pretty much every show. But if you read the results on Cage Match, they're listed as like three ways or like handicap cat matches, and the winner is the one that the judge sides with, and he's the winner. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just wacky. It's yeah. so wacky. But they have, to, they have to do that to make it interesting. And I'll say this. If anyone ever comes to Tokyo, I'm just saying this straight up. Basara is nothing. It is so, – if you go to a stardom show, for instance, stardom show, it is 90% plus men. Old weirdo men. I'm just being as honest as I can possibly fucking be. Stardom Dude, shows, we, see it on the, we see it on the audience. It's gross. Yeah. It's 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 weirdo men who want to show you their baseball card collection of like photos with the girls, and they show you upskirt photos on their phone. It, it's very, it's it's weird. It, they're Bizarre? not the
0: respectful clapping Japanese fans that we'd like to all think like uh, more with the Joshi side. It is very creepy. Yeah, uh, people really need to her. like. I'll I've
1: never it. seen Gato move live, right? And I actually had a wife, my um, ex wife. I showed her Gato move, and I was like, "I'm thinking of going to this show," and she was like, "That looks like the most perverted, weird shit." I don't want you going to that. I'm like, "Oh, you know, you know." Yeah, <laughs> it a is lot what of it is. That, that split a lot
0: of people on Twitter. Obscene. I mean, there's a lot of people that love it, and I, I, I can enjoy that side of it. But um, yeah, I don't. I, when it's when it was all girls, and like you saw. Like some shows, like the, uh, I saw a lot of women in the crowd, but yeah. Well,
1: Gato move is a bad one to use. I'm not trying to trash them or make a stereotype, um, but you know when you see it on video, it is just very strange. But I have been to Joshi shows where the crowd is definitely putting their camera up, girls' dresses and that type of stuff. But conversely, Basara shows. I've been to four Basara shows, maybe five, something like that. They are all. Business women. It's all women. It is all women, and they're oh. all over like thirty four, and they're all kind of drinking and having fun with their their girls. And Basara shows are a, are a real hoot, man. I love Basara shows. I've been I've been talking to
0: Asami for years, trying to get over the. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I've been Asami's biggest fan for years, and no, I've noticed that. Um, I've been watching Basara since the start, and um. Yeah, they, they have a very um I'm a, I'm a straight man, but they uh have a very handsome roster, I'll say. They, yeah. you know um they, they, they do attract a lot of women. It's interesting. Um what are some other things that uh, Westerners would wouldn't know about Japan? Like wh- what do you have a perception of and then you went to Japan and realised, oh shit works differently or Wells the biggest uh thing you realized
1: rules Japan is all about rules and people follow them um uh so for instance in the US or um, I I don't know if I, I don't know about like Melbourne championship you know uh championship if they if they're kind of like this but but generally speaking outside of Japan uh shows kind of start when they start you know oh bell time is at 7 and we're really going to get started about 7:25 and uh you know you can kind of move your seat around if seats are empty and y- 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 you know it doesn't really matter it's fine you you paid for the ticket don't worry about it and uh, and and even like a cafe hey we open at 10 but i got here at 1005 or hey i'm here at 945 if you're here i'll open up the door and make you a cup of coffee in yeah. japan if the fucking cafe opens at 10 they will stare at you through the windows for 10 minutes and then at 10, open up the door. You know what I mean? Um, I was at Kirk and Hall once, and it wasn't a full show at all. And I was sitting um, – and imagine, like, I'm up in those orange bleacher seats. And there's no one there. There's no one there. And I know, like, it's me. Like, you know, for, like, 50 seats, there's eight people. And it's me, and there's no one, no one near me. And then I know where this old man comes in, and he sits down right next to me.
0: And I'm uh... like
1: – Excuse me, uh, you can sit over there. And he goes, No, this is my my seat. This is where I sit. You know what I mean? Um, you have to have your ticket stub. If you, I've been to shows where there's thirty eight people. I'm the only the only foreigner there. And if I leave to get a pop and come back, if I don't have my ticket stub, I'm not getting back in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. They are so serious about those rules with fans. There is no videotaping. And if you get caught videotaping, you will be told one time. And after that, you are out of there. You know what I mean? Um, Japan is just about rules. Like, you'll be at a crosswalk, man. I mean, it'll be 1130 at night in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody there. Totally empty, dead space. And if you're at the crosswalk and it says red, there will be someone standing there just waiting. They don't cross against the light, even if there's no car for miles. But they don't cross the crosswalk. You know, it's just yeah. funny how Japan is like that. And I think that, um, you know, we've seen it. There was that one guy from Israel who was really making a scene at some of the uh, the Joshi she shows about a year or two ago. Oh, and
0: are, yeah. oh, he follows me. I think he listens to this, and if he does, he shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, like. I think that you do have that sometimes where um, I was at a DDT show one time. It was over New Year's when there's like, you know, just a million shows. And there was just, a, just this collection of like eight American fans. And they were just trying to get the chance started. And they were trying to just, just being goofballs is the best way I can think to put it. And um, that's something about Japan is that you really start to understand within it. Like my one friend, I had been to Japan about three times. And my friend came with me on the fourth trip and he was like, Oh, are you gonna clap? I'm like, dude, that clapping catches on fast. Like you really get into the idea of like what Japanese wrestling is about. And what it's about is the struggle. It's about we wanna see you reach those ropes. We wanna see you make that tag. Like we wanna see you overcome this struggle. And um it's 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 something else and it's great. And you know, I'm I'm in Japan right now and there's nothing to do, and I'm really down and depressed about it, to be completely honest but when i'm at those shows man it is just the funnest thing in the world and it's so infectious and i just miss it you know oh, i feel it and it's, it, it, I,
0: I can only watch japanese wrestling nowadays and i I put it a lot as like me maturing and growing up i'm, I'm doing it in all aspects of life like i'm I'm getting my shit together, I'm pulling my head in, as one does when they're going through their teenage years, and um, you know, I've always been, I've had a good family life with mum and dad, I've always been raised on respect, and respect your elders, respect, you know, respect where you came from, respect those around you, be cleanly, be tidy, like, you know, don't be a delinquent. Like, I wasn't a kid that would be able to, like, run on the street at 10 years old until all hours of the night. I was always based on respect. And, like, I, I, I can watch American shows and they can just... And they'll have good matches, but the crowds get to me. and I, I really do enjoy the Japanese audience and um, the respect that the wrestlers show towards each other and the wrestlers that have come before them. Um, Like, you don't see a 20-year-old wrestler, you don't see, like, a Yuma Ayoagi tweeting on on his Twitter, like, saying how he's not getting pushed or, um, like, complaining about, oh, Toshiaki Kawada doesn't like my kick. You rah-rah-rah, Toshiaki Kawada can... Go suck a dick. You don't, that's the type of stuff we see in in American Twitter, British Twitter. Like, that's what wrestlers do. They beef all day. Uh, I'm big on the respect, and that's why I I love Japan, dude. And, like, yeah. What what do you think about it? Because I know you're a fan of US wrestling as well. Um, You're into the US death matches, and uh, uh, GCW is uh, the only promotion we actually covered them. Uh, on Pure and the Rough when they went to uh, Japan, um, they're the only promotion I've been able to watch um, from America because I like I like the guys they bring over, and their Deathmatch guys are pretty good. Like Alex Colon and Danny Havoc really impressed me on that tour they did in February.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, um, it's tough Sorry, because it's. Oh no, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Don't worry it's just there's a lot going on with a Amer- with like uh it's it's simply social media because the thing is if we were going to talk about t- skateboarding I guarantee you it's the exact same thing. I guarantee you there's just some beef between the pragmatists and the uh uh the you know the thoroughbreds who say well that's not real real skateboarding or that's not real ballerina dancing or this isn't real punk music or whatever. There's for some reason, in the West, we just have this idea that we just want to get our shit in, you know, <laughs> whether it be <laughs> wrestling moves or like our, you know, our opinion on why the X Files really isn't that good or something, you know. And um, uh, controversy creates cash, It's but you know, it, it's it's totally true in every way, and you know, all you have to do is just look at a million metrics. Uh, but I think um, it really this is my opinion. Um, I think when, you know, certain guys go on Twitter, you know, wrestlers go on Twitter and just number one, expose the business, you know, which is fine. I'm not saying that we should all pretend it's, it's not, you know, a work or anything, but, um, when you go on Twitter and you just explode, you know, expose like how the match is done or you get in a fight with Jim Cornette, which to me is the, the stupidest thing in the world. It's like, you're fighting with the village, idiot that nobody likes. Why even bother talking to about this person because it gets clicks and views and all this type of stuff. But I think that certain wrestlers benefit from not being that type of person like Nick Gage, Ricky Shane Page, Chris Dickinson. There are certain wrestlers that when they're on Twitter, they it's business, it's tough, it's real. It's about the fight, it's about the training, it's about it's not about you know, uh, and, and, and this is going to be a controversial statement, I know, but the other thing is, like, the the virtue signaling is just off the charts <laughs> of, like, oh, my God, this marginalized person tied their shoe. Let's make the biggest deal of it ever and make a, a line of t-shirts. Like, God, yeah. like, it, it's I just, know. like, I'm not I, saying I, that I, we don't... all need to be John Wayne and, you know, and we should all just be bigots or something, but... Dude, like, uh, I always point to Pero. Do you know Pero, the U.S. wrestler? O- Odinson. Oh, he, he has that team with Odinson? I don't know about that. He's a really big Jack Gay, the, the gay dude, basically. He,
0: he's the, Yeah, he came over for All Japan. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. He is, like, the model to me, to me... Of how you be a, uh, you know, LGBT plus wrestler in 2020. Because he never felt, you know, it's like, he's like, yeah, I'm gay and I'll beat the shit out of you. Fuck off. You know what I mean? It's not like this big, massive part of his thing, but we're at this point and it's like a social thing where so many wrestlers, for whatever reason, they just fall back on these identity things. And it's a lot to do with politics, but to me, it takes me out of wrestling. It's like, I thought the point of this is that you're going to beat the shit out of somebody, you know? I know. Like I spent a
0: year or two off Twitter and I came back like November last year when I started doing this podcast again. And the whole landscape changed. I've said it 10, 20 times. Politics and everything. Like It's not wrestling Twitter anymore. It's not all of us talking about how much we love wrestling. It is literally like, oh no, this person said a bad word. Like, I, I saw it today. Um, with what's going on in the world at the moment, people are losing their lives to coronavirus. Like, Shad Gaspard just lost his life. Larry just lost his life. But everybody will still take to Twitter and say the Undertaker should kill himself over him wearing a shirt. I'm not endorsing what he's wearing, but he's wearing a shirt. And in the same day that Larry dies and Shad dies, they'll say, oh, I hope the Undertaker dies because he's wearing that shirt. Like, I I just don't get it. Like, and people... People say that in high positions, like wrestlers, will say that. Like a lot of these young wrestlers, that's how they get fame. Like you're saying, they'll try and go at like these old boomers, as they say. They'll go at the cornets. They'll go at the JRs. They'll go at these guys that will fight back because all they're trying to get is clout. They're all just trying to get their name out there. Um, it's it's not about. It, there's no respect in it. It's all a game it's all trying to get money it's all trying to better themselves and i mean everybody's doing it so
1: my um this is a social comment but my 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 wife made this comment she 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 was from china you know and and you just need to know that you know like people in other countries you know in other parts of the world they just don't grow up that privilege or they don't have certain freedoms or whatever and she used to say that uh you know that that like Westerners are so comfortable; they have to find reasons to be angry about stuff. Like, like you've got food and clothing and cars and phones, and now you're bitching about some old wrestler wearing a T-shirt. Like, you've just got to be angry about something. Like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta f- completely forget about every
0: good thing a person's ever done. But just because a politic, like, I, I honestly, I'm Australian. I don't care about politics in another country. Like. Uh, just because he's wearing a shirt doesn't mean you need to wish death upon
1: someone is all i'm saying like you don't never i would never do that like to me whenever someone that's my immediate i mean we're getting off top but i mean that's my immediate write-off of a person if they ever say this guy should should die i'm like oh cool now i can block (laughs) you thanks dog like i was waiting to block you you know I've,
0: i've had a couple guys recently um dm me and i feel bad They're like, oh, you're following me. And I was like, I I just don't like complainers. Like, I don't like people that just sit on Twitter and, like, complain all day. Like, I hate my life and I'm sad too. But, you know, uh, (laughs) I don't take it out at other people over the internet. I try and deal with it to myself like a normal human, as we should, like, You know, I shouldn't just because I'm in a down mood doesn't mean I need to go on Twitter and attack people to make myself feel better. You know, I feel like we should all try and uplift each other, be a bit more positive. I listen to you and you're always like, you're all about positivity, man. And I like it. I like that attitude.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked to a few people. I'm like, if it wasn't for the like, you should see my feed. It's it's. My feed is only people that I want to follow, and that's my advice to people in general. Twitter is probably the most toxic environment possible for whatever reason. Twitter has chosen the crown of shitsville, and my suggestion to everybody listening to this is to block as many people as possible, because if they're going to say that... Asami Kodaka isn't that cool, or they're gonna say that the Undertaker was never that good, or they're gonna say whatever that just bugs you. Just block them. Just that's block it. them. <laughs> It's so and, much better. And you'll and and you'll whittle down to like your thirty favorite wrestlers, a bunch of Japanese people that post great pictures, and the seven people that you think are cool, and that'll be it. And you'll be like, that's a good feed. I really like that. You know? Hell yeah. You wake up so. in the morning, you have your coffee, and you're reading your
0: feed like I do every morning, and you know, fucking yeah, I don't have a bunch of people complaining. But anyway, we got off topic. We'll reel it back in a bit. Um, I, I just want to know, um, you, you've as you said, you've had a lot of trips to Japan, and you've been living there the past three three months. Um. You've gone to a fair few shows, I could imagine. Um, some of these deeper indie shows, like, I, I know you've been to a few Freedoms and Big Japan shows, I believe. I know Freedoms. I, I don't know if you've been to Big Japan. I'm pretty sure you probably have. Oh, haven't.
1: yeah, I've been to probably 50 Big Japan shows. Yeah, easy. Um, but some of
0: these indie shows that like either didn't have a lot of recognition or didn't even make tape, or like some of these experiences that only you know, like it it, it didn't end up on samurai tv and everyone saw it like what are some of the experiences that like you really hold you treasure
1: stuff that didn't make tape oh man um oh man you gotta give me like one minute to think about that one um oh i can say right off the bat man i went to a marvelous show i actually went with uh matt matt SDL, who he's on twitter i know a lot of people know him and he follows joshi a lot And, um, I just kind of was randomly, we were both in Japan. It was before, it was that there's this weird black hole of time when people come over to Japan before before January 1st, where there's like these off indie shows and there's not a lot of people. And I hooked up with Matt for some reason. He was like, I'm going, and he was like, I'm going to see Marvelous. And I was like, all right, I'll go and see Marvelous. Okay, sure. And for whatever reason, man, there was this tag match that had, um... Who's the stardom's girl who shot on that girl and broke her face and got blackballed for a couple years. <laughs> Yoshi, Yoshiko. Yes, okay. So it was her. And then I would need to get the shit in front of me. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not the guy who knows every person in the world. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. they had this match. It was a three card show. And when I, or I'm sorry, a three match card. And when I got there, I was like, only three matches. What the fuck? You know what I mean? This that's okay. You know whatever. I, I already bought my ticket. That's like forty bucks, but whatever. And the first match was just you know twelve minute girl match. Two girls going at it. Okay, that was cool, fine. And then the second match was a no holds barred submission TKO only tag match, and this shit went like thirty five minutes, and it was the wildest. Sh- man they're just <laughs> destroying the arena they never got in the fucking ring and me and matt are running for our lives and they're just it was just nuts it was bruises and blood and and you know chains and chairs and tables and kendo sticks and it was off the wall and these four girls are just and they're shooting man and they're you know they're in the 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 the, the mount just ground pounding and there's black eyes and stuff and and this shit went like 35 minutes, man. And it was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. And it and no one ever seen it. No one saw it, man. Like not like 90 people ever saw this match. Ninety It was in front of 90 people. Yeah, it was empty, man. They like, went
0: 35 minutes and killed
1: each other. Yeah. You know, like four girls wind up bloody as hell. Jesus. Good. And so and, and that's uh. the stuff that you see. And then, you know, I turned to Matt and I was like, yeah, that, that, that was pretty fucking cool, man. You know, that was worth my 35 bucks. That was cool. Uh, but what oh, are some um,
0: cool, cool wrestler experiences you've shared? Like talking to these wrestlers at the bar and such. Like you just don't have that um, when you go to shows. Uh, you don't, you don't see a lot of, a lot of guys in Western countries like having friendly, respectful, like, drinks after a show. Like, in America, it'd just be like, oh, my God, can I have a photo? Ah! Clout, <laughs> retweet, um, buy my T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. You, you have to get $10 for a photo. Um, like, it, it just seems much like you guys respect, everyone respects the wrestlers a lot more.
1: Well, I'll tell this one story, and this is uh, probably a pretty good place to end it, but um, it was like my yeah, second sorry. We've, time. We've, we've oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. We've, my out. girl, we're, me and my girl are watching The Office, so we're right in the thick of it right now, so we got to keep going. But um, uh, it was like my second time in Japan. I think it was my second time, and it was in the summer, and it was super hot. It was in August. No, it had to be my third time, but anyway, it doesn't matter. And um, I found just through Twitter and all of this stuff, I found that Jukasai was doing a no-ring death match at this place, Yosuya Outbreak, and it was, like, the cool... And, and I bought my ticket, and, you know, I've got the map to the show, and I get to the show and everything, and I'm, like, the only foreigner there. And one thing that people... Like, people who kind of follow me a lot, people think that I can, like, speak Japanese. I can't. My Chinese is actually okay, but my Japanese, I can't speak it. But what I'm really good at, because I'm... You Know, I teach English and everything, and I, I've lived abroad for so long as I'm really good at speaking English in a way that can communicate with people who took English in high school. You know what I mean? So, um, and which is a little bit of an, an, an art, you know, being able to speak English in an understandable way within and to grade to the right vote, you know, vocab and all that type of shit. But anyway, so Hell I go yeah. to the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a whole thing cuz a lot of people will go and they'll try to talk to the Japanese wrestlers and they'll either use baba baby talk, you very oh, good, number totally 1, fair. or well, they're trying or they just speak naturally and there's like a middle ground to hit. But I know that cuz I teach jet, you know, I teach English to foreigners and I know like what most people, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But so I go to this show and there's like 40 people, I'm the only foreigner, and as soon as I go in, there's like some like, um, undercard stuff before the main event, and I'm talking to some guys, and most Japanese will want to talk to you because they want to practice their English, you know, they don't get to practice it often, and, it, you know, it's, it's very interesting, so I meet these guys who wound up becoming very good friends that I was literally talking to an hour ago, and, um, and we just start talking. And they're asking me, how did you find out about this place? And I'm like, oh, I got on the Ticket Pia website, and I found this, and I bought the the ticket with this app, and blah, blah, blah. And we just start talking about old-school wrestling, and I start talking about you know, old, old-school wrestling, Tarzan, Goto stuff. And they're like, oh, man, you really know your shit. And after the show, it was fantastic. Blood everywhere, glass all over the place. It was fucking great. And after the show... They needed, like, 20 minutes to clean up the bar, and then the bar was going to open for this fan thing. So I go in, and as soon as I go in, they... And, and I told them, I said, I said, Masashi ta, ta, Takeda is my favorite wrestler ever. It was Ka, <laughs> Ka, Ka, Kasai, but now it's this guy. I think he's the greatest wrestler of all time. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, Masao is pretty good, but Takeda's got him beat, you know? And so... <laughs> We're outside chilling, we go and get a donut, and like, okay, the bar's open, and I sit down at a table, and these uh, Japanese guys, they grab Takeda and bring him over, and they're like, we want you to talk to him. I'm like, what? Like, you want me to just sit at this table and talk to, like, this guy who I think is the greatest wrestler of all time? Are you serious? You know? And so, and his English is, like, pretty good, you know, it's manageable, and we've got a Trent you know, we've got three people translating, and they're all so enamored, and I can just talk to this guy and i learned his favorite baseball and all this type of stuff because you know as much as i you know we don't want to use the m word we're all marks man you know and and of it was course. just so cool yeah. Really yeah yeah and yeah and um and you know i get to talk to him about all of this stuff and it's so cool and he's you know i think i'm a nice guy we just talked for a long time it was great and then um at these fan events every like 30 minutes they switch tables and kasai comes over and he sits down with me and it's like holy fucking crap and all this type of stuff and kasai i tell him um i've told this story a few times but um in high school maybe about 10th grade or so i actually used to go to school dressed like Kasai as the uh the crazy Z monkey. Like the cargo uh. pants, the shirt, the ball necklace, uh I bleach my hair blonde for a, a little while. I real goofy <laughs> bullshit, you know. And I love it. I tell him I and I tell him this through the trans. i like, I used to dress like you and stuff, and he's like, Really? Da-da-da. Honto? And I'm like, yeah, and out of nowhere he gets up and leaves. And I'm like, oh fuck, he thinks I'm some asshole, you know. What I mean, And he comes back with a beer and he goes, you are my number one fan. I had to buy you a beer. I'm like, oh my God, Kasai just bought me a beer and called me his number one fan, you know? Good Lord. It was just, the you know, it's a cool thing. And now I'm at the point where now, like, um, you know, when I come over, I've talked to Takeda and like, you know, I've just, you know, I see him at at bars and just kind of, you know, shoot the shit for five minutes and at the, you know he's just a guy i know and he's a really cool guy you know i read about him getting married and him having a baby and i'm like man i'm so happy for this guy cuz he's such a fucking cool guy and all this stuff and um they're humans they're 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 humans who don't make a million dollars and they love wrestling and they love deathmatch wrestling or they love high-flying wrestling, or they love gay wrestling and showing off their buttholes, whatever it is, they love it and they do it for you. It's no different from skateboarding or BMX or football or people who play minor league football who get, or fucking rugby, who get just smashed on a Sunday and they don't make a dime and they're bloodied up and they're bruised up, but they love it. They fucking love it. And they're doing it for you. And, um... You know, I don't know how to like wrap it up, but that's what I've really come to realize is that these guys aren't gods. They're just the coolest motherfuckers on the entire planet, and they're giving up their their bodies for us. And yeah. damn it, that's cool. You know? Hell yeah. I'm glad you've got to experience
0: so many like cool, cool memories in Japan. I'm very envious. Uh, I hope to create some of my own someday, but uh, no, I'm super glad you've been able to do that. Um, You've got some real cool stories, and I'm sure there's plenty more that are unearthed and probably some that won't ever hear the light of day, but uh, I'm I'm glad you also came on this show, Stephen. Well, I I originally asked you probably a month or two ago, and then life sort of happened, but um, uh, thanks for coming on, mate. I uh, appreciate it. do something future whatever works but uh plug your shit you know podcast stuff
1: yeah well actually okay yeah sure um actually i'm gonna plug my instagram so um uh just so you know like uh i i i'm kind of like not a motivational speaker but you know i am the kind of guy where you know i was uh i was 28 and i was actually driving a taxi You know, and uh, I I never really graduated from college, all this stuff. And I just, I bet on myself and started traveling the world. And now I've really built, you know, I've really built up this little, you know, thing that I can, you know, um, you know, I won't go all into it. But basically what's happening is uh, me and a buddy, um, I'm going to actually quit teaching for a little while. And I'm going to try to change careers and go full blast into YouTube. Me and a buddy, we're going to hopefully be moving to either Colombia or Mexico. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of YouTube about motivational stuff about how anybody can do anything man like you know anybody can whatever your goal is lose weight or get on a plane or bungee jump or whatever your goal is anybody can fucking do it so um we're gonna get started in about a month and a half because i am so murdered with work it's not even funny but um if you want to follow me on uh twitter i'm intl wrestling and all i do is retweet wrestling stuff that i really like that's all i do i don't really you're not going to see a lot of hot takes it's just me retweeting pictures and YouTube matches and, you know, interviews and stuff. And, um, you know, I try to keep it really positive. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at bmbstevenayy. And uh, like I said, starting around July, uh, you're going to see me on YouTube. And I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff there. And I'm really excited to kind of go on the road uh, full time and um, embrace life. You know, don't ever let someone tell you you can't do anything. Diamond Dallas Page started wrestling at like thirty four. You know, like anybody can do anything. Yeah, so. dude, that's awesome. Um, Listen to this show now.
0: Um, the reason I was gone, I did this podcast when I was 16, 17, and then I disappeared. I was, I have been in mental health hospitals like the last two years or so. Like, I've, I've had it rough, and um, I, I didn't know that that's what you're doing at all i'm in shock dude i'm so happy for you and i'm like as somebody that like wants an out like i don't really have like friends like my friends are twitter so to hear you're doing something like that like
1: for me, hey i'm there, not there's, a lot, of, <laughs> know, there's abroad, a lot of when you live abroad everyone is like a, a temporary people. friend <laughs> uh, uh
0: yeah everyone's a lot of people can relate to a bad situation though and a lot of people struggle to shine light on it I, I spent all my teenagehood doing it I, I released a book when I was 17 on depression I, like I was all about it and I, I, I just have a high appreciation um, for people that like try and put the word out there so uh, kudos to you um, my friend I hope that all goes successful you deserve it that's, that's great stuff
1: thanks yeah and you too and yeah so uh you know thank you guys for doing the podcast and you know as much as we talk about how the fan base for all this is small it's rabid man and we need it and you know I miss um the more content we have uh for all of this stuff the easier it is to follow the easier it is to talk to other people and get excited about it and as long as we keep our 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 little crew uh uh talking then we're all winning you know
0: yeah Exactly. Well, thank you all for listening, and once again, thanks to Steve. Uh,
1: Be back next time. Bye.